Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Our old mate Andy Smart, ball runner, comedy store player, Farnborough fan, uh, joined us. We talked a bit of lower league football and lots more. We also chatted to Irish journalist Ken Sweeney. who had a lovely story. A couple of lovely stories about the late, great Jack Charlton uh, today. Uh, Also, we caught up with Luke Kempton, the Impressionist and Arsenal fan. He was on very good form. We brought you uh, Striker, uh, the uh, Steve Ruth murder mystery. It's just one more episode left tomorrow. And we were joined by Kevin Day. Very passionate chat about his beloved Crystal Palace. It was on very good form too. So us as well, uh, just jabbering away. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, everyone. Yeah, my wife's so unhappy yesterday after the show. Why? She said, why didn't you do Don't Ask Me? You know, it's her favourite thing in the entire week. Yeah. Why didn't you do it? I said, well, we ran out of time. You know, Well, you didn't run out. I said, no, we did. We ran out of time. We had live cricket. Yeah, I know, we had live cricket. We had to get to the four o'clock news. I explained to her. Oh, yes. But I'm still in the doghouse because I went out this morning and left the heating on. What a disaster. <laughs> Could she not turn it off? Well, yeah, when she got back about two hours later, you imagine the flat's quite hot. Why are you putting it on in the first place? To get hot water for a shower. Yeah, I oh. can't wait. It's something gone wrong with the thing. I don't know why. But... Are you Corgi registered? <laughs> why not? Clearly not. Why don't you get, why don't you get um, yeah. an engineering or someone yeah. who knows what they're doing to, that can run the heat? Stop putting off running, the, especially as it gets to like 90 degrees in the summer. You've got to be able to run your heating and your hot yeah. water independently. No, I agree. I don't understand what's you need, happening. You need Somebody an engineer. Be able to tell. Somebody if, listening if anybody's corgi registered in the West London area, maybe they can give us a call. It's and been difficult Andy the past three months to have anybody come around and fix it. Really? Yeah, yeah, I suppose that's a very good point, actually. I but know. yeah, I would, I'd get it done because it's I mean, not. A bloke wanted to helpful. read the meter this morning. I thought, I don't really want you coming in my house. So I okay. didn't let him. Do you have to still do that? I mean, yeah. can't you send it off online or anything? Yeah, that's the way most people do it these days. I've not had somebody read the meter for years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Where living in 1963. <laughs> <laughs> Home before the radio show. Is that, that that thing you do when you go in and everything's for mica and uh, chipboard? It's ridiculous, Lovely. isn't it? Okay, anyway, cool. um, have you ever heard of the darts player Mensa Sulevich? 
I haven't, no. He's a clever bloke. Though, he's a very intelligent player. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can get that. I imagine he is, yeah. I might take that one up. And uh, there was an interesting thing in the, uh, in the sun today. There was an advert for the goals pull-out. And uh, it was a sort of scenario and uh, saying, however this season unfolds. I used to love him, the Brazilian player scenario. <laughs> tremendous player, isn't <laughs> was he? good, isn't he? Yeah. Hey, we'll cover it all. Pick up the paper tomorrow if you're free goals pull-out. Fair enough. But what happens in the incident, it's gone in off a seagull and they've avoided relegation. So I reckon they did this about two weeks ago and they thought Brighton would still be kind of, you know, involved in the mix. But now Brighton is safe. So the chances of the ball going in off a seagull and somebody being relegated some seem quite, less. Some of them are quite big. I think a few of them could take could take the impact of a, of a football <laughs> yeah, and, and still survive. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, it, but it still would deflect. the. If a beach ball can deflect it past the Oh, keeper, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then a seagull can. It's a great mm. you are the ref. It's probably been done, I would have thought, <laughs> over the years in you are the ref. I love I love the Daily Star as well. They've got this piece about uh, rats can't find anything to eat in the current yeah. situation. So they've gone up market. <laughs> As if you know, as if they would. They're interested in fillet steak. Posh suburbs are being overrun with rats hunting for food. Well, they're obviously it's looking like James for Herbert, for caviar. It? It's like James Herbert. Um, Dave in Bostock's been in touch. Oh, yeah. He said, "Andy, it's the diverter valve." I mean, to be honest, Dave, that doesn't do him a lot. Andy has not gone, oh, of course, oh, yeah, I'll take that <laughs> out tonight. I'll go and get a new one down to Wix. I mean, it's not going to happen, is it? So he's, he's going to need someone to come in and do yeah, it. Tell what we, remember we were doing a thing about twisted memorabilia years ago, mm. and somebody had Ramon Vega's thermocoupler, didn't they? I remember they? that, yeah. From his boiler. They, they, yeah. they, uh, they did some work on his boiler. They said, Ramon, it's the, it's the thermocoupler. I'll change that for you. But for, they kept the old one thinking it'd have some sort of value. It hasn't popped up on the Antiques Road. Yeah. <laughs> former Tottenham and that, wouldn't that be a good alternative yeah. version yeah. Uh, of the we did a thing years ago in 90 Minutes magazine it would be the, the museum the football museum you would love to go to Yeah, and we, we thought of all the things the skeleton and the white horse we thought that would have That'd been be imagine if they still had that like the Natural History Museum <laughs> from idea. the 23 Cup Final wouldn't mm. it have been great but I mean I don't yeah. think anybody kept it we tried to find out what happened to it but um, that's true really but we don't know but uh, there there is a kind of an alternative museum a football museum you would love to if you want to help us build it this afternoon talk sports Sport.com, text 81089, tweet TSHNJ. Jason, uh, he says it's the diverter valve as well. Okay, well, I'll um, write that down, diverter valve, uh, and uh, I'll have a look in the... There's an um, instruction manual yeah. there, and I'm sure... I'll tell you what. I don't come in tomorrow and I've blown the for entire 35 block million up. Quid, you know what? For 35 million quid, I'd want Pierre-Emile Hoiberg to come and change my diverter valve and do all my... Would you? Do everything. I want him to cut my grass, everything for that sort of money. I think I think Spurs have offered a million and some magic beans, so that could be why we can haven't I, got him. Can I just say that I owe the off-spinner Don Bess an apology? Yeah. He, <laughs> Not the first England cricket if you offered an apology. I think I said yesterday that I'm a better bowler than him. This may not be true. He, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he didn't. Belt that was me. a lovely ball through the gate, wasn't it? Yesterday, the beautiful, uh, beautiful, key wicket, key beautiful wicket, delivery. beautiful delivery. He, he didn't bowl. He didn't bowl well in his first spell, but that because he it wasn't his fault. He was bowling from the wrong end. Yeah, so when they switched oh, okay. him round. No England players. We've we, we've had them on, haven't we? No, yeah. they, don't listen to your psychotic no, ramblings. I know you're care. a fan. Uh, anyway, yeah. it's gas safe registered now, yeah. Paul. I'm oh, not Corgi. You like Corgi registered. Sounds like a two or three way valve issue, Andy has. Happy to pop down and have a look at it. I'm in Sheffield, though. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take advantage of celebrity London prices. <laughs> Very good, Rich. And uh, oh, the motorised valve is 40, says Richard C. Oh, um, no payment for that information. Just the name of the take me out of the ball game you use on a Friday. We'll find out for you well, mm. what version that is, if we can, Richard. We 
will. Thank you very much. I'm for Ernesto Valve Verdi. <laughs> You're well known. That's very Fitting good. managers. Okay. So, uh, yeah, um, thank you. Uh, I don't I think we've, we've we've exhausted that, really. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. We've seen some uh, conference playoffs uh, going on, haven't we? We've got the return of grassroots football next mm. weekend. So we thought we'd check in on the the bit in between the kind of return soon of just below conference level let's call it the return of the pyramid we love and the pyramid we do this uh, via the uh, non-league papers uh, very own ball runner comedy store player Farnborough fan cheese chaser sport film expert crester runner uh, it is uh, our old mate Andy Smart. Good afternoon, Andy. <laughs> afternoon. What now, a build-up. It's getting bigger. It is. We can. Now we've had to add Creston Runner. <laughs> we had Marcus Brigstock on the other week, and he was he was te- he was telling us all about your uh, exploits, the pair of you when you did the Creston Run. It does look quite amazing, really. <laughs> oh, it is. It's fantastic. It's the most exciting thing I've ever done. I think. Wow. Really? More more exciting than chasing cheese down that hill. <laughs> no. Well, I only ever did that once <laughs> because that's. <laughs> Virtually suicidal. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, that's basically chucking yourself off a cliff to win a, 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 a fifteen pounds worth of cheese. Yeah. Right. Well, look, we should start with the ball running because it, I mean, for the first time in in yeah. years, it's it's been called off, hasn't it? Well, they couldn't find anyone who was brave enough to put the masks on the ball. So very good. <laughs> but I mean, it, you couldn't, again, do, no, you it's, couldn't it's do it with impossible. social distancing. Impossible it's socially distance a ball run. Though, it was though. impossible, and it was more. It's more the events that go round the actual ball run. I mean, there's the Chapanutsa, which is the sort of start of the whole festival, which everyone crowds into the square in front of the town hall. And I mean, they were really worried that people were going to still turn up, but. Um, brilliantly the people of Pamplona sort of uh, didn't didn't go out and it was uh, it was uh, they, they they really look after what they do I wish we could do that here you know you see those Leeds fans the other night and you go this is crazy you know yeah, people yeah. well look, I, there there is the odd idiot in Pamplona there was a story this week I don't know if you've seen this it's <laughs> yeah. a 23 year old guy who's not been named probably for his own safety he's been fined 3,000 euros for organising a football match between people infected with COVID-19 and another side who won. (laughs) He invited people to come along for a match in Pamploma and surprisingly, (laughs) they were all young people. They said, oh yeah, I'm up for that. Uh, Well, well, I'll I'll be up for that game. But uh, they've all been, all the ones that turned up were fined and uh, the police there have said people should use their sanity and good sense and not attend these uh, events. (laughs) Meanwhile in Pamploma, they're so used to this time of year having a big old party. 40 people will find 100 euros each for being inside a disco without wearing a mask. So, uh, you know, (laughs) they're they're riding roughshod. I know. All these traditions, like the one, what about the one where they wade through the tomatoes? Tomatina. Uh, Tomatina, that's in, uh, yeah, the last Wednesday in August in San Francisco. Isn't it? Like no, that? no, no. That San Fermán is the name of that. San Fermán is the name of the Pamplona. Oh, okay, yeah, no, sorry. It's, yeah. um, it's, uh, it's down just uh, just south of Valencia, uh, in a small little town up in the mountains. And oh. I can't remember the name of it now, but that's yeah. I've never actually been there because it's always the same time as Edinburgh. Yeah, but yeah, that's that that one's been banned as well. It's not really sport, is it? Either? Wading through tomatoes. Wading through tomatoes, <laughs> and we'd, we'd be hard pressed to. <laughs> To make that sport. Uh, Andy, so let's ask it, you about... It, it, sorry, carry on. What are you going to say? No, go on. Yeah, go on. I was going to ask you about um, ask you about Farnborough and what's going on at your club and clubs at your level. I mean, the, the plan is to 
to come back with some sort of smallish crowd uh, what sort of September time do you know well you'd think it you'd think it would be the perfect way to sort of start getting crowd control under you know and sorting it out because Father, uh, we're only going to get about 300 so you could i don't know though because people miss foot life sport they probably all turn up that's yeah. the problem that's we were saying but, that um, those early fixtures mm. when when there are games are about they're gonna to have to be all ticket because people are going to want to go aren't they yeah yeah oh yeah what does it hold how, how many well we've had i think our best crowd was about three and a half thousand three thousand six hundred yeah so that was for a woking game yeah but um it's 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 just frustrating because we don't know the club obviously haven't got any money they haven't got the bar open they haven't got the, 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 the there's no no footfall so uh we've already lost Reggie Young um that that young whippersnapper Lee Bircham came in from Hemel Hempstead and took oh, him away yeah he did say he did say, he did tell me he didn't think uh, you'd be best please <laughs> You've nicked, he's nicked one of your players. That's unfortunate. And it, he, texted, he texted me two days before. I was going, what are you doing? What are you winding me up now? <laughs> That's good. Fantastic. Maybe you'll be getting Pierre-Emil Hoiberg, but uh, they're probably going to want 60 million by then, old Southampton. Goodness me. Um, so, yeah, it, I saw the club, your club, and I'm sure a lot of clubs have been doing this, having a bit of a GoFundMe page, looking to raise five grand yeah. just to hmm. just to cover the overheads. It's... it's Pretty tough, and a lot yeah, of people, people. I noticed have, a lot of people have have responded. A lot of fans have been very generous because you know, look, this is their club, and they want it to be there at the sure. end of all this, don't they? Exactly. And there was a lot of people who didn't um, take the money back on the uh, on the last season season tickets mm. when the games were cancelled, and that that really helped the club a lot. So we've got a good support base at Farnborough. We want to keep the club going, and uh, it's it's just it's just it's not knowing really. And then at the same time, I was watching. Slough Dartford on Friday and uh, uh, Slough lost because Slough coached by uh, two ex-Farmer lads so uh, I was rooting for them but they lost 3-0 to Steve King's Dartford and uh, they're, they're, he's taking his team off to Haven and Waterlooville in the second semi-final so and there's still non it's great to have non-league football on but you I mean you have to pay five ninety nine to watch it but Oh wow! Really? I'm quite happy to do that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's not too bad, is it? You, you've you've done stuff yeah. with us. You've done I stuff online. You paying five ninety nine to watch non league football? <laughs> Anyone know me? Curtains? <laughs> they played outside really. the front door. <laughs> oh, Andy said, "Oh, it's good value." Well, it is for people who like it. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, that doesn't include if me. If you're a follower of the club, yeah. If you're yeah. a follower of those, if clubs, I was a farmer, you want to fan, see? I, you want to yeah. see? Yeah. If if your prediction had been right about Chelsea seven years ago, you would have been watching non league football there. You said Blue Square within five years, so you would have been sort of Conference South by now, wouldn't you? I am, the, I am the most pessimistic person. Yesterday, even when England only needed one wicket, I thought the draw was definitely I know. I thought I'd have a fiver on the oh. draw. I did. <laughs> that was making me laugh so much yesterday when you were getting angry. Oh, angry. yeah. Going, he said, Don Bess is the worst time. bowler of all time, he said. He plays for England. Yeah. He clearly isn't, is he? He's not the worst bowler of all. He plays for England. He's an international centrally contracted sports person. Completely ridiculous not person. Not the worst I do, bowler I do of all time. <laughs> I did apologise to you. I've got, now I've got, Andy, do you play either the trumpet or the clarinet? I've never asked you this before. I'm guessing <laughs> uh, neither, I'm guessing. Is that right? Well, you don't yeah, know. 
Neither. It's neither. quite difficult. I, I'm it, not musical. You're though. not musical at all? Okay. Well, it's interesting because music lovers may be denied the pleasure we're told today of hearing a trumpet or a clarinet in live concert for some time. Oh, because yes. uh, it, as it, it's blowing through the mouthpiece, yeah, the two crazy. instruments release the highest concentration of aerosols. Uh, capable of, I said aerosols. Uh, capable, <laughs> grow up, Andy. Sorry. Capable of carrying uh, COVID nineteen. So yeah, University of Colorado. Uh, they they say clarinet, flute, French horn, trumpet, or singing. You can't, can't do they, any of that. Can't they put? Can't they put them in like a pers- a perspex shield over them so that yeah. it doesn't come out into the audience? Uh-huh. If you wouldn't hear the music, it probably would affect the. <laughs> yeah, sort of... You have one of those. <laughs> <laughs> no, have that no. sort of thing. You play a lot of, you play a lot of 20s music like on Act the trumpet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that a shame. <laughs> I suppose the saxophone's all right because it blows it back in your own face. <laughs> It's not a sort of like just directly <laughs> outwards. Constantly <laughs> reinfecting yourself. Well, I'll make Toby Gillies. Right? Toby uh, plays a brass instrument. We'll have to ask him later yeah. when he does yeah. the bulletin because he, he won't be able to work. His little sideline is yeah. blowing, uh, side blowing aerosols into the, uh, into the ether. It would be very good. But anyway, I'll bring you that in good faith. That's what we hear. It's only the University of Colorado. They may be wrong. I, I, I they really may know. be wrong. Yeah, they may be. Well, they Who knows? Know. Do we can't stand it up? Can we just guess it, aren't we? Really? Well, I don't know. I'm sure they I'm guess. not saying they're guessing. <laughs> I'm telling said we're guessing. Yeah, they just said it. <laughs> it's not good, though, is no, it? No, they, really? they properly researched it. They got students to play various different styles of music. And then they so had... now's the time to take a... Now's the time to take up a xylophone, then. It, it is very it true. Would be. It would be. There's never, never been a better time. Well, that's been it a better for me. time to take up the xylophone. That's, uh, right. Now, what, have you heard anything about the comedy store coming back? Is there any news on that? No, no, still no news. Um, but we've got uh, a gig that we do every year is the Globe on the South Bank, mm-hmm. which is just oh, fantastic. Yeah. And obviously they won't be able to get the full 1,400 in, but they're, they've cancelled their whole summer season, but they've left us still open. So that they, that's October the 19th. Oh, um, so hopefully that will happen and I'll get back on set because I really miss doing the comedy store players. With the, yeah, with the others. It's, uh, you know, I do. I've been used to doing it every Wednesday and Sunday for nearly 35 years. Yeah. So it's, like, it's, quite a long time. it's so weird not to be able to do it, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, we were talking uh, Rob Orton about this yesterday. Up. Rob Orton was telling us the comedian. It's really yeah. kind of, a, you know, mm. taking its toll on him. He's been doing well with his podcast. But I think, you know, if you're used to going out there performing uh, regularly like that, uh, you know, it's like anybody else yeah. denied their work. It, it's difficult. So um, the comedy store is such a small, tight little venue, uh, isn't it? Uh, it it's is, going to be yeah. a while, you would yeah. think, Andy, till people are back in there, really. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's the problem. I've, I've, I've been... Uh, we're doing other stuff though. I've been I talked to Mark Martin Kellner for an hour and a half on Saturday night. Yeah, oh, no, I saw that online. That's Excellent. good. <laughs> Brilliant. So I was only supposed to be on for half an hour. I ended up doing well, you an do. hour and a half. Can you stick around? Well, Martin, it allows Martin to get a kit. He gets his head down for half an hour. Just let you carry on. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. We'll prepare and we'll go and we'll do our best. We'll put them under pressure. The game is about being effective, being aggressive, winning the ball, getting on with the play. We'll put them under pressure. There we are. Earlier on today at 12.30, all the uh, radio stations around Ireland came together to play that song. Oh, that's nice. Fantastic. What a yeah. lovely touch. Put them under pressure, of course. 
the song that uh, Larry Mullen from uh, U2 was involved with. It's got an interesting story uh, behind it. Joining us now for Over in Ireland is uh, the Irish Suns, Ken Sweeney. Good afternoon, Ken. How are you doing, guys? For the cracking tune. Yeah, well, it's fantastic. It does <laughs> it sound great. It still brings back a lot of memories for people, in, uh, you know, in England, never mind Ireland. And it, from what yeah. you, it, it sounds like everybody responded. All the radio stations got together and yeah. they, they synchronised yeah. it brilliantly from what you say. I know. Can you imagine? I mean, you know what it's like you guys working in radio, you know, radio station managers, how competitive they are, you know, how they won't, you know, they won't do anything with one another. Imagine all those different commercial radio stations all over Ireland, all agreeing to play. This song for Jack at uh, twelve thirty today. Jack Charlton, of course, almost like a grandfather to the nation. And the song is a wonderful kind of start. It goes back to like the late eighties when uh, I guess old Dave Pennyfeather ran U2's record label in Ireland, and he was going to football matches with Larry Mullen of U2. They were going to matches, and they, were, they started talking about football songs. And um, of course, Larry Mullen uh, said, "Well, I, I could probably write one for Ireland." And uh, Dave Pennyfeather, this label boss, said, "Well, go off and do it." So what Larry Mullen did was. That, that start, that guitar playing, it's, a, it's an Irish bank of horse lifts were very big in the 70s, mm. a track called Derek Doom. And they got that, and uh, then they had this kind of weird Jackie's Army thing. I think the, the Scottish team had that, that kind of song. I think the air might actually go back to an Irish song. So, so um, Harry Mullins, you two, had those two bits, and they played them in the studio, but they didn't have anything in between. And, and Dave Pennyfeather, this label boss, was at home a couple of days later, switched on the TV, and there's these Irish fans singing, Ole, Ole, Ole. Wow. So he takes it, runs back into the studio with Larry Mullen, and it's the perfect segue between, between you know, the start of the song, you know, where, where it comes on, and, and the later part of the song. And to make it even more Irish, they got Maya Brennan, who's Enya's sister, to do this kind of ethereal kind of thing at the start of it. And they put it out, and it went through the roof. And it's even now, like 30 years later, if when Ireland win anything, this song, is they, they play it. It's also been adapted by other football fans, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah, people have taken it on, haven't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. but it, no, it's yeah. it, it's fantastic. Have you, I mean, it's um, it's quite incredible. I think the reaction to the passing of Jack Charlton <laughs> in Ireland is almost as, as felt strongly as it is here in England, isn't it? It's, it really is incredible. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's a brilliant thing because I, mean, I, I, I spent 10 years in England and Ealing uh, living over there and obviously all the guys I worked with in London all had Irish parents and relatives. The, the Brexit thing happened there. there was, it wasn't, maybe we weren't getting all along but Jack Charlton is a reminder of close links between Ireland and England and remember lads, I grew up watching Blue Peter like you did. So <laughs> they say, you know, that English people, Irish people know a lot about England but English people didn't know anything about Ireland until Father Ted started. So when Father Ted started, English people realised of course that Irish people watch the same TV shows, Top of the Pops, Blue Peter, John, they know who John Craven is, that sort of stuff and, and uh, weirdly enough, I was an extra in Father Ted, I mean a couple of different Father Ted episodes and uh, we funnily enough interviewed a guy called Declan Lowney who was the director of Father Ted who did a commercial with, uh, with, with Jack Charlton, believe it or not. That's right. I was talking about that on Friday mm. with Martin Kellner. Actually, I read your piece, Ken, uh, about yeah. that, and it was very interesting, wasn't it? He said that Jack was a good actor and uh, and, yeah, and was, so very, it was really good. Kind of thing because yeah, what happened was um, sorry to I'm, calling, I'm talking to you in Ireland, so it's a long way off there. But when Trapattoni, of course, the Italian manager, got the Irish job, there was a bit of a gag in Ireland that if you know if you wanted to become a football manager, you'd have to you'd have to be Italian. So it was a funny ad. Carlsberg came up with this idea that uh, of this kind of gaffers manager's sort of clubhouse where Mick McCarthy and uh, Johnny Giles another former Ireland manager and Jack Charlton were all hanging out and Jack comes in as the kind of playboy and says well hang on lads if the Italian 
managers are all over in Europe. Well, then in, in Europe, in Italy, then there's, there's no manager. So we go over there <laughs> and they cut to they cut to this amazing scene of Jack Charlton in his 60s or 70s, whatever he was, coaching this amazing looking team of Italian women, stunning women. <laughs> the funny thing that Declan Lowney, the director of the commercial, told me is that Jack, when he was on the sidelines and they were filming this commercial with these amazing Italian women, Jack kind of went into manager mode. He was shouting to the girls, give us a long ball, girls, give us a long ball. <laughs> <laughs> and these, these, but these girls they actually filmed in Barcelona so these girls were Spanish and they didn't really realise who this elderly English man was on the sidelines that <laughs> are coaching them very seriously about <laughs> soccer but Declan Lowney who did that said that actually in that commercial Jack yeah, Charlton had more lines than than Father Jack did and Father Ted. So in a way, in a way, like, um, of course, Jack Charlton could have played, could have played Jack because he could have handled the dialogue. But he said, Deck Lowney, and Deck Lowney is an Irish director. He did that, um, that Steve Coogan film, uh, the one where the DJ goes bananas. He yeah. directed that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that, uh, that Jack had brilliant kind of comic timing. And he said the Playboy aspect to it, where Jack was playing a kind of a Playboy. The ad is on YouTube, folks, if you want to go and see it. He said Jack kind of got that perfectly. Just going back to what you said earlier, Jack Charlton's significance in Ireland is unbelievable because he shared these amazing times. Ireland never got anywhere in soccer until Jack Charlton arrived. There was that thing, I think he'd gone for the England job. They hadn't written back to him. He gets off for the Ireland job. And of course, the you know, he did so fantastically. We didn't win it, but he did so fantastically well, and he's so loved. And of course, he was deficient. And of course, where do you come if you're deficient? You come to Ireland, of course. So, mm. totally embraced. The, the country here is in, is in a, you know, a, a total, like, well, it's in lockdown already. But the whole Jack thing, I just wish, I think in the future, we're going to have a big, big thing remembering Jack Charleston in Ireland and all those wonderful players, many of them from the UK, first, second division, Premier Division. They'll all be coming over. We'll have a big celebration and a proper send off for Jack. Future. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from Talksport. Looking at the managers' press conferences, and of course they're all being done sort of remotely. And we're looking at Jurgen Klopp now, and he's there against the sort of sponsors' backdrop, the red yeah, backdrop. The yeah, and we saw uh, Ollie earlier on against a very similar sponsors' backdrop. We t- now they, they look as if they're just sitting against the backdrop. But when you look at Mikel Arteta, clearly mm. he's on a green screen. For maybe he's at the training ground or yeah. elsewhere, and they're kind of projecting him on. So he looks like Max Headroom. <laughs> He's, he's, that's one for the kids. Go and look it up. His head's got a slightly too glow about it. Yeah, him. he's got a little kind of fizz, bit of green screen fizz around his head, and it's slightly too small uh, and slightly really. out of perspective. You it's, can it's you can weird. get these uh, when, if you're on Zoom. I, I tried to do it myself, but I'm saying Back, different backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, like match of the day studio and all that. You yeah, as a bad. I tried it, but it didn't happen. Uh, now, social media has definitely caused a form of collective madness on all of us. I mean, I think Harry Kane not only is he a wonderful footballer, but I think he's a pretty sensible down-to-earth bloke. Yeah. But this is bonkers. Harry Kane showed off his shooting as he found an unusual way to announce that he and his wife Kate are expecting a baby boy. Hmm. The Tottenham and England striker took a penalty to burst a football balloon that contained blue smoke and then posted the event on Instagram. Yeah. I just think people have all gone mad, haven't we? Ten years ago, if I said to Harry Kane... When you when you announce the birth of your third, you'll do it by kicking a ball that exploded into blue smoke. He says to me, "You bonker! I won't do that." <laughs> it's, it's. I think it's sort of been done before. I've seen other examples of mm. it, it, it with sports people doing oh, that. So ridiculous! Uh, how did you announce the birth of uh, your two? Were you there? I mean, <laughs> well, you know, that was, was that, in the days. I was at the birth, but I mean, were you allowed, but you didn't go in. You weren't yeah, allowed of course in. I, no, no, not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, you've been up the pub. In the 50s. Up the pub with Arthur Muller. Yeah, waiting outside smoking a cigar in the the hospital waiting room. Yeah. You could do that then. No. You didn't announce uh, it by... No, but this is just announcing... This is not announcing a birth of a baby. This is announcing that you're expecting. Yeah. To find out... I think the only thing I did was to say to people... My friends and family. Well, yeah, well you never knew, ex- did you, Andy? We never knew in those. Well, yeah. unless, unless you could, you, you couldn't find out. In well, your I just day. phone people up and say, "Sue's expecting." That's nice, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get a ball out and yeah, kick it, and then you're not an international <laughs> superstar, despite what you think about yourself. <laughs> and uh, talking of international superstars, mm. the Israeli model Bar Rafeli, thirty-five, was given nine months community service by oh, a wow. Tel Aviv court after not. After admitting not paying tax on her ten million pound earnings, so it wasn't a pay bar then. Oh, aye, aye. That's, fan, that's very good. And her mother, Zippy, sixty-five. Pardon? Was she in Rainbow? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she was. Yeah, actually, she got jailed for sixteen months. To be fair, Zippy, Zippy. Wow, wow. I know. What about Who would have expected that? Uh, I've got a thing at the moment for this program. In fact, between the football, the cricket, and the football last night, I watched Neighbours. Oh, yeah. And then I watched Married at First Sight Australia. I've got Why? What's wrong with you? How old are you, 16? Have you seen that? I'm watching that I'm really for? obsessed Have with you that seen program. that? Of course I haven't seen that. What What channel that's... What's it on? What channel is that on? Channel 4, I think. No, it can't be. I think because Married at First Sight is a Channel 4 programme, I believe. Married at... Do you know you what watching... this is? Do you know what this programme is? Where two, they, they get two people who have never met before... Mm. And they have to get, they don't have to get married. They're getting married. They get married. Oh, yeah. And they have to see if they can make the marriage work. Well, it's all, you know, and it's, they're put it's together. It's about face as a relationship well, it is, process, really. isn't it? But they're really? put together by psychiatrists and psychologists who sort of interview each person who wants to do this and they try and match them up, you know, like computer matching in a way. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing how some, one woman said, She's she, she an older woman, about 53. You're listening to Talk Sport, by the <laughs> way. Right? Well, on that theory, I'd never even speak. Yeah. If I only ever had to say just sport. It'd be bad enough if he was watching the British version. He's got some skin in there. He's watching the Australian one. Why did you watch it? Because, I don't know, I try, I try to in my life. For example, finished the show yesterday, yeah. went for a walk, then watched the cricket. Yeah. and then That would be at the I, point that I was travelling home from the studio. That's right. Yeah. Don't worry about me. No, I And I knew that... Uh, I knew that uh, the football was on in the evening. Yeah. So, as I've been married for 45 years, I, one of the reasons I've been married for 45 years is I try and spend you watch two hours at telly with, your wife. with my wife. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and so You that can always have a conversation. Well, we do that as well. <laughs> we, we do. You have a conversation about Australian, whatever it's called. <laughs> it, was really, it was really odd watching. I was thinking of watching Neighbours and then watching that. I, I really must go to Australia. But, of course, at the moment, it's impossible. I'd have to do it like the old days. And You know, I go yeah. on the ship. It's only about say, three months. You pick your moments. <laughs> Pick your moments. Yeah, it's not ideal. It's like they're going out playing the ashes. Yeah, I always yeah. think that. Six weeks on a six boat. Six weeks on a boat, yeah. Imagine that. Well, they, they enjoy How it. How many cans could David Boone get through with six <laughs> weeks on a boat? At least you don't get jet lag. Yeah. Because, you know, you're just gradually moving across. It's got to be a better thing, really. you don't get jet lag. That's because you're on a boat. You get seasick, though, which is saying you don't get in the air. I do enjoy our little chats. What was it you wanted again? Half a lager. Half a lager, yeah, thanks. And uh, there was a report about Frank Lampard. This is what you'll be delighted to know. Oh, yeah. Has given Harlequin tips on how to emulate Chelsea and make a successful return to action, apart from West Ham and uh, Sheffield United, when the Premiership season resumes on... August the 14th. Mm. This was an odd bit, though. The Chelsea head coach who visited Harlequins last autumn as part of his UEFA coaching licence guided his team into the FA Cup final with a 2-0 victory over Manchester United on Sunday. I was thinking, the bloke who wrote this, he definitely turned off, didn't he, when it was 2-0. <laughs> He's been a bit of a shock that it was 3-1. Yes. 
brilliant. <laughs> Could well be right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, I did enjoy uh, Ali Ross's gentle dismantling of uh, the Peter Crouch programme on BBC One. I haven't seen it, to be fair. No, but, I've, but I've, I enjoyed I've, his I've not yet. Particular. No, no, uh, it's, it's 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 still it's still going. Yes, it is. Yeah, I yeah. believe it is. Mm. And uh, it's in Sheffield United as well. Isn't it funny how their last two results? Is that so typical of teams that beat Chelsea? Trust me, Matt. I think I think you're reading too much. No, into it, it always just... happens, doesn't it? They put everything into it, and then suddenly the players think, "God, we're there, aren't we? We're there now." Should we have a bit of... See, there's no strange green screen fizz around Ole Gunnar Solskjaer oh, there. No. It just seems to be Mikel Arteta. I don't know what it is. It all looks a bit lo-fi for a club mm. like the Arsenal. Anyway, um, uh, they're in action tonight against Villa and we'll bring that game live on TalkSport, 8.15 kickoff. Let's have strikers. It's the penultimate one, mm. part 80. The final part is tomorrow and we'll chat to Dan straight afterwards. But here he is bringing Steve Bruce's murder mystery to life get it while you can a number of listeners have reached out they're, they're bereft they're forlorn they're really sad if it was sad. me I'd have a little break and go on to the next book but uh, that's just me well uh, <laughs> well, we've got to get them first because they're something <laughs> rare as hen's teeth one of our teeth. listeners must have the book cost their fortune so anyway let's, uh, let's get I'll get stri- Jamie to photocopy every page I'm sure he'd be delighted <laughs> to do that let's get Striker out of the way first here is uh, part 80 I better tell you what's coming up today I better set the scene which does involve me uh, just checking oh, out. Oh, it's still half time, isn't it? No, I don't find out what's going It's, it's very dramatic. It is very dramatic. Goodness so sake. it is half time at yeah. the Leathersford Town versus Fulton game. Uh, Steve Barnes is the manager of. Uh, They've played a whole season virtually since we've been doing this <laughs> yeah, book. Yeah. This is just one game. Anyway, the town boss, Steve Barnes, is about to re emerge for the second half, despite Detective Shannon advising against it because there's a sniper somewhere in the crowd. Well, there you go. I was placing my life on the line so that others might be saved. For when a person has killed once, they will try a second time, if they've been driven mad or if they believe they're about to be unmasked. The pieces of the puzzle had come together, all clues pointed at my assistant first team coach. He hated me for what he rightly thought I was doing to his career. He hated Pat Duffy because of his, Eddie's, experiences as a soldier in Ireland. That was sheer prejudice, of course, but prejudiced people do not go out to kill. What had driven Eddie Carberry over the edge was his mistaken belief that his stepdaughter, his beloved Michelle, fresh from university with an honours degree on the cusp of a good career, had been made pregnant by Pat Duffy. When the Territorial Army Armoury, that's a tongue twister, had been broken into, and by someone who knew his way about, that was the final piece of the puzzle. Eddie had taken several weapons to make it appear a terrorist job, but what he really needed was a high-velocity rifle. Now he was somewhere in the stadium, armed, a trained soldier, peering through telescopic sights. He was consumed with hatred, ready to kill again, and I was the intended victim. All this was in my mind when events on the field took a bad turn. Fulton's number nine, Gerhardi, was in front of our goal ten yards out, and only Lati to beat. Larty went to his left, Gerhardi blasted the ball to his right. There was a stunned silence in the stadium. I thought we'd be rocked on the back foot, but their goal acted as a spur to our lads. One of our central defenders, Mosley, latched onto a ball out of defence. He sprinted down the wing. Just as he was about to sling the ball over to the centre, he slipped. The ball trickled tamely out of play, so I went over and retrieved the ball. This was no time for Mosley to make an elementary mistake. 
As I picked up the ball, there was a terrific explosion. I fell back. Sure, I'd been hit with a bullet. Wow. wow. What a place to leave us. It sort of, I thought it was Eddie Carberry about three months ago. Yeah, exactly. What a waste of time. <laughs> Honestly, day one, Eddie Carberry came in sneering in really? the dressing room. We all said, it can't be Eddie Carberry. That's too obvious. He's just <laughs> throwing us a bit of a curveball. Oh, for goodness there. sake. And who was it? Eddie Carberry. Yeah, of course it is. What was the point? I love the way he's making excuses for him. There's no excuse, really. At least 78 completely pointless episodes. <laughs> it's, got, it's got a bit of football, hasn't it? Suddenly, uh... Steve's got very football, yeah. yeah. I there forgot, a, are they one nil down? I down, there was a tremendous confused. explosion. Uh, what was going yeah. on there? <laughs> Did he say the founder of the Labour Party, Keir Hardy, <laughs> was playing for? Tremendous player. Yeah, weird. Anyway, yeah. We'll, we'll bring you the final part to, tomorrow and uh, we'll have a chat mm. with Dance afterwards. He'll be spent after this. I bet he knew it was Eddie Carberry. We all <laughs> did, didn't really. we? All, yeah. <laughs> who done it? Eddie Carberry did it. That's not the way who done it tends to work. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Hawksby and Jacobs here on TalkSport. We were chatting earlier on about uh, injuries in the Premier League since the restart and it's pretty clear that one or two clubs have uh, had a worse time of it than others including Palace they lost Sacco last night probably missed the Spurs game that's on top of uh, a pretty hellish list of injuries they had six uh, out before last night yeah Um, which is probably why they've they've lost uh, seven on the bounce of course Uh, and Roy's going through his uh, Worst run in his career. But uh, are the fans still with him? We thought we'd ask one. Kevin Day, comedian, writer, Palace regular. Good afternoon, Kev. Hello there. So, uh, how are you feeling? I mean, he's been getting a bit of clog. I'm I'm, I'm guessing not from the hardcore Mm. Palace fans, but what's your take on what's been going on and the job Roy's been doing with the hand he's been dealt? 
Well, first of all, I'm I'm feeling slightly disconcerted because I'm hot, which I don't like. And elderly comedian Arthur Smith has just turned up in my garden looking confused, which is worrying. So, uh, um, it's, do you know what? You talk about the injuries. We have had a lot of injuries, but that might be because our players are very old. I mean, we've, if you've got an ageing squad, if you've got, if you know, Rory was talking last night about three centre-backs being out, but if three of your four centre-backs are over the over 30, you're staring, you, you've got problems coming up. We, you know, we brought Cenk Tosin in on loan and he, he was out after three weeks with a knee injury. Who knew he had a knee injury? Everybody in football <laughs> knew he had a knee injury. The insurance company had a clause where they wouldn't pay out if he got a knee injury. So it's, it is unlucky, but it's also partly our fault. It's partly a recruitment fault. And Roy, much as I like Roy and I still support him, he's, he's ready with the excuses. And, and you know, that, the, injuries, the injuries is one of them, but we haven't got a big enough squad to replace players when they're out. That's the problem. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not like they're playing so badly or they're getting thumped. I mean, they were in that game for a long time last night. I mean, obviously, the game against Chelsea well, if, could e- easily have equalised at the end there. To be fair, Andy, I mean, that's we that's one small consolation. We just talked about that on our Palace pod five-year plan. If, if you're saying, well, it wasn't as bad as Leicester or Villa, that's not a good start. And it wasn't as bad as Leicester or Villa, so it wasn't abject. But in the end, we just got beaten by a better team. That's the thing we have to come to terms with. We're, we're losing to teams that are better than us, basically. They've got they've got better players, better tactics, better, and deeper squads. And, you know, Wolverhampton Wolves, I'm, I'm indebted, indebted to my friends at Price of Football uh, for this. Wolves spent 206 million quid in the last two years. We spent 26 million quid. Wow. So, mm, while, so while, yeah, while they're bringing Jimenez and Jota in, we're bringing in James McCarthy and and, and Jordan Ayew. And then that, that's that's the big difference. And I, I don't mind if we lose to Liverpool or Chelsea or Man U and you say not one Palace player would get into those teams, that's fine. But when you lose to Wolves and you say not one Palace player would get into the Wolves team, that's when you, you start to worry. So the, the, there are issues and they're not, they're not all Roy Hodgson. Um, you, you've done a bit of business today. Maybe that a pointer to the way things are going to go with the age of the squad. Nathan Ferguson's come in, three-year yeah. deal from from West Brom. Uh, and you've been reading a bit and seen little cameos from Tyreek Mitchell, a young defender who mm, looks yeah. a decent player. So there's some good young players coming through. Yeah, I mean, you, you can argue, as a Palace fan, Nathan Ferguson coming in, this is the earliest we've done any business. Basically, We've actually bought a player before the season ends, except for the fact he was supposed to come in the last transfer window, but failed his medical. Yeah. So, which again, and we, we, the age of the squad is a big issue, but even this week, Roy Hodgson was asked about it, and he said, look, we're in a terrible run of six games. I don't think we can get out of that run of six games of defeats by playing youngsters. So Roy's, Roy's natural instinct isn't, to play young players, so but someone's got to overrule him. You know, whoever's in charge of our recruitment, whether I don't know whether it's Roy or not, because it, it's all very well Roy Hodgson saying I want fifty million quid, but if Steve Paris gives Roy Hodgson fifty million quid and he buys five Czech Kiartis, that's not particularly exciting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We we know if if Roy's, if Roy's manager at the start of next season and we bought no new players in, I'll be I'll be upset. If Roy's manager next season and we've brought back Chuyi in and Ferguson and Eze from QPR, then I'll be really happy. But it's there's there's more than one thing wrong at Palace. That's the thing. It's, and those fans who just blame Roy Hodgson, I think, are wrong. You have to look at you have to look at five years of recruitment. You have to look at a lack of investment in all sorts of things. You have to you know, the fact we've only just got a category one academy, the fact that fewer young players are coming through than before. There's a, there's a lot of things going on. And there's no overnight. Uh, 
treatments. But I'm glad Ferguson coming in is, is a really good step in the right direction, I have to say. Yeah, I've just written that down. Fewer young players coming through. Zaha is an interesting one. I've been thinking about oh, this. I mean, mate. you know, the, obviously he's Palace's biggest asset, but the problem is, has been thus far, that the clubs that he'd like to go to don't really want to spend that sort of money that Palace want on a bloke his age. But I've got a feeling that if the Newcastle deal goes through, one thing those people like to do when they buy a club is make a yeah. statement signing and spend far too much money. And that <laughs> may well be an opportunity for Palace to, to churn, to probably say goodbye to Zaha. But, you know, if you can get 70, 80 million, you could probably do quite a lot with that if you don't waste the money, obviously. If you'd said to me, Andy, a couple of years back, do you know what? Who would you rather have in your team in two years' time, Wilf Sahar or Adama Traore? And I'd go, well, Wilf Sahar, of course. But now, uh, what what they've done to Traore at Rules is, is fantastic. And while, while Wilf's been going backwards, players like Traore are going forwards. And the, the thing with Wilf is... He's lost 40, 50, 60% of his value. I mean, we talked in the last transfer window, you and I, about him probably being worth 80 million quid. And, mm. you know, if wan is worth 45 <clears throat> million quid, he's worth 80. Mm. He's worth 40 million quid. If that, and, and Newcastle is probably our best hope because he's not good enough for the top six. He doesn't work hard enough for the top six. He doesn't bring enough pace or difference to the top six clubs. So you're looking at someone like Everton... I, I think he needs a change, Wilf. I think he's frustrated at being the, the player that carries the whole team. I, I think either Wilf needs to go for his own sake or we need to bring in five or six better players so Wilf can, can feel that he's in better company, really. The Newcastle thing, I, I've got a feeling that this, this whole thing with the Saudi Arabia cancelling the the Premier League contract, there's no Premier League football being shown in, in Saudi Arabia mm. next season. That, that doesn't indicate well that they're going to buy a, a Premier League club. <laughs> Because you'd imagine the whole country would become Newcastle fans. It seems odd that they're not going to be out of watching. But Newcastle, again, that's what you want. A club coming in who, who, who will splash the cash and probably don't know any better that Wolf isn't as good as he used to be. But it's so frustrating, Wolf, because we know that Wolf of old, Wolf at his best, can do what Traore did last night. Mm. Can just muscle his way through, can power his way past defenders mm. and, and either shoot or cross. And at the moment, he's just... He's just not able to do that. He just cuts such a forlorn, frustrated figure, and you just you, you want to hug him, but you can't. And it's just you know, it's, it, and also, I mean, the other thing last night is Roy. Um, I'm not sure if the BT cameraman should have been allowed to do that. That terrible invasion of privacy by sticking the camera through the window of whatever cafe it was we were changing in afterwards. But <laughs> it was it was ro- watching Roy. Yeah. I, I, either somebody had said to Roy, "Boss, there's a camera out there. You better look angry," or he was genuine, or he was genuinely angry because yeah. I've, I've never seen Hodgson like that because he was really, he was really cross. But it's so, it's so difficult to judge anybody at the moment. He's a such difficult, difficult, different. Uh, uh, good job I got that right. Isn't yeah. it? Difficult is a good different, word. They are different times. These are, these are these are different. These are different times, aren't they? Um, <laughs> This, it's it's very and it's not long since we yeah. were talking about generally going to Europe. We beat Bournemouth and we were generally talking about getting in the oh, UEFA no. Cup. Only seven games Europa ago, and yeah, and now we just uh, and and yet against Chelsea, man. What I think what happens is you know Chelsea are, are a top team, United are a top team, but they don't move the ball at pace. They 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 keep the ball. And they allow people like Palace to get in and around them. It's when clubs, yeah. when teams like Wolves move the ball quickly, 
we can't react. We and we can't pass the ball as quickly as other teams. And we something something needs to. Change. I don't think Roy needs to change personally, but I think something needs to change because any other club, the manager loses seven eight games in the spin, they're out. It's as simple yeah. as that. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. We're going to talk a bit of Arsenal. They're in action this evening. It's live on Talksport. They take on. Aston Villa, uh, big for both teams because uh, Arsenal could uh, still get themselves in the Europa League places without uh, the FA Cup if they mm. can put two wins together and results go their way. And, of course, Villa needs something to stay up. Uh, joining us now is impressionist and Arsenal fan Luke Kempner. Good afternoon, Luke. Good afternoon, guys. How are you doing? Yeah, we're yeah, not too thing, bad, yeah. thank you. Not too bad. Oh, you're back in the studio now. We are, oh, we yeah. are today. Andy's, I'm back. Oh. Andy's easing his way back. But, uh, yeah, Hopefully we're getting you'll there. be allowed back soon. Yeah, that, that'll day, be good. If we're they good. ever let me out of this prison, one yeah. day I can come <laughs> in. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's picked up a bit for Arsenal. These two sort of Rourke's drift performances, the last two games where they've they've looked defensively sound, ridden their luck, like, all, like every team does at times. Yeah. But they've looked they've looked pretty solid, haven't they? Oh guys, I think we're I think we're back. I think we're back. It's amazing. <laughs> I love it. We're under under our terror. It's just incredible, and like it's just so exciting to have a manager that you you believe in, um, and you just feel like things are going forward. And and look, you know, we might not win the cup final. We probably won't get in the Europa League. Not I'm too worried about that. Um, and you know, it's going to take two or three years, but that's but at least it feels like we're moving forward. And it sort of feels like if only we'd have got him in a year earlier, we might not be where we are now. Have you noticed his? Are we saying earlier on his press? We're looking at it now. His press conferences. <laughs> he's obviously they do him in green screen. He looks quite yeah. like in soft focus. He looks like he's animatronic Arteta. It's uh, <laughs> it's very very <laughs> odd. I really enjoy it. He just he just sort of sits there and he's got this kind of uh, like kind of creak in his voice and I'm you know he's got this non-negotiable that I make the um, it look terrible behind me and um, <laughs> I'm very excited. I love it. I love it whenever he gets That's a question good. about Meza Özil and he's just like he's training and they're like so will he be playing? He's training at the moment. But he's, he's never getting in. He's like, we're just waiting for Mesut to pull his finger out of his um, wallet and then he can play again. <laughs> I think it's going to be a very interesting summer for us. I mean, three things they've got to do. They've got to keep Aubameyang. I think everybody knows that. They, they will. Just, he will. They have to somehow sure. get rid of uh, Ozil and probably Gwen Doozy unless they can sort yeah. him out. Yeah. And give him a bit of money to spend and, you know, sort of, and probably secure, you know, the boy in midfield. The oh, name's gone now. Spanish. He said he wants to stay, doesn't he? Yeah. He's hoping that Real Madrid will let yeah, him yeah. stay because he'll only go back there and not play. So, and I think they're loving. I think they're loving it under Arteta, and also mm. like you know, he's he's made Mustafi into Franz Beckenbauer. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. we're, we're it, it's. I, I think that was one of his non-negotiables was to make sure that he becomes the best centre back in the Premier League. <laughs> that would be a so good. Like, well, that, would that be a good like um, Netflix documentary to to go on Gwendozi's anger management course? <laughs> <laughs> They'd have to send him. A Long on one oh, and uh, sitting here, sitting there in small groups. That would be fantastic, wouldn't he? He's clear, he? Clearly has issues, the boy, doesn't he? He yeah, needs to iron I'm- out. It's such a shame for him, though, because, you know, look, he was so, you know, there's so many times in my, I'm in an Arsenal WhatsApp group with uh, mm. Tom Rosenthal and uh, another, another comedian called Luke McQueen. Mm. And there's like, so many times like when I searched Gwen Doozy, it was like Gwen Doozy's got, got us out of trouble today. Oh, Gwen Doozy was the best player mm. on the pitch today. 
And now it's just like, well, I love it about Arteta. He's just like, you know, if you if you're not pulling your weight, if you're not working hard enough, you're out. And and I'm all for that. Yeah, you've been doing a bit of cricket stuff. We were just chatting to Ricky Clark there, and uh, yeah, you've been doing yeah. a thing on Twitch, haven't you? Is that right? Yes. Oh my God. I mean, if if there's one good thing that's come out of lockdown for me is is discovering Twitch, and I do a thing on there as Twitch. It's called Twitch Match Special, <laughs> okay. um, and it, it's a it's a, a play on words from another radio station. Oh yeah, we, 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 we do. Um, we do. They exist. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> of course yeah, yeah. we do. But, but I do, and I do the whole thing in character. So, mm. like, as soon as it starts, and I'm basically what I'm doing is I'm recreating the 2005 Ashes on a cricket game called Cricket 19. Yeah. And I do the whole. I start the whole thing as actors, and uh, obviously I sat with Jeffrey next to me, and I was like, oh, "Very good morning. We've got a great cricket game coming on. We're streaming <laughs> it live, and with all the people watching, it's incredible. But I don't enjoy it. And uh, and we also have." <laughs> Lois does so much because zero thing. I, I I think the last time I was on, I was very much trying to show you my blowers. Who else? Do, I always have toughers with me. I have to get really close to the microphone for toughers because he he's got that kind of low voice and he, I can do it when he's laughing. He's like he's going all right, isn't he? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> <good>. <laughs> and uh, who else? Do we have? Richie Benno, of course. You know, you got to have the great late Richie Benno, two hundred and two for two up two. <laughs> and um, and David Lloyd, he's always there as well. Start the car, sweet Caroline. It's David Lloyd. <laughs> so, oh, like, like I do it most days, and uh, we're recreating the Ashes series, and then I'm going to do a World Cup, and it's I think the most fun I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, so, uh, oh brilliant! <laughs> so, it's really good. <laughs> so they can find you on Twitch. Yeah, it's just um, twitch.tv forward slash Luke Kempner. And like, I don't just like do cricket impressions on there. Like, it's always like, oh, who's in the commentary box? And it can be anyone from, it's you awesome know, the Wenger, of course. Yeah, he loves cricket. He loves cricket. I keep going the cricket, I must say. And Lucky uh, <laughs> Ponting is a top, top batsman. And uh, and we have, you know, even you know, Biggins makes an appearance, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Kim is often there as well, just calling, you know, she, well, she, I tell you what, she doesn't take, she, she doesn't like scum. We wash it down the sink. That's what we do with scum. I wasn't expecting her to pop in. That's fantastic. Yeah. So have, have you been working on any, I did like your Arteta. I was going to ask you if you do that, but that's coming on quite nicely, yeah, isn't it? Well, that, I, I can hear that, certainly. Taking a little bit of time out. I used to remember when he was playing, I used to think I could do his way. So now he's, uh, he's, he's coming very, very slowly and uh, he's the most gorgeous man I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> it's uh, non-negotiable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, again, just, you're just waiting for sort of life to return to normal from from a comedian's point of view. We were talking to Andy Smart earlier on and get, get back into venues and do some gigs. Uh, yeah, well, I've booked a couple of gigs. Um, we're doing some stuff at Battersea, uh, the Battersea Arts Centre, and doing some outdoor gigs. Well, they're sort oh, of okay. indoors, bounds in the courtyard there, sort of work in progressy sort of things over the next few weeks. There's some great lineups like uh, Russell Howard and Ian Sterling. Ian oh, Sterling's the Ian Sterling got me into Twitch, so he often I'm often doing my Ian Sterling impression when I'm playing cricket. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's really good, and a couple of massive uh, TV projects which are hopefully going to be able to announce uh, very soon. So life's all right, you know. I mean, um, I'm sat in my homemade voiceover booth with duvets over my head at the moment, so <laughs> you're nice to get back in a studio. <laughs> but it's all good. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Don't ask me. 
Here we go, then. Five questions based on last week's shows held over from yesterday. Last Friday, Andy, we spoke to James Smoliga from the University of North Carolina. Yes. He had reached the optimum amount of hot dogs that Joey Chestnut could eat in the world of hot dog eating. What is the optimum amount? Now, I know it's in the 80s. Remember, it was either 81 or 84. I'm going to go 84. It was 83. Oh. I thought you would have got it. So you're playing for pride. Oh, On no, Thursday, we spoke so to a singer, Evertonian, ice dancer. He had his new album out. What's his name? Ray Quinn. Ray Quinn. Well done. Uh, well, okay, Wednesday, we... Why did we speak to Denise Lewis? She was asking for the listeners' help on to Wednesday. design the logo for the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham next year. It was the mascot. But oh. I might have given you that. Oh, yeah, the mascot. Uh, who was the man we'll who invented the <laughs> rowing that we spoke to playwright Ed War about on Harry Tuesday? Clasper. Harry Clasper. That was good. Well done, yeah. Uh, and uh, finally... Harry Clapper for some reason. <laughs> it wasn't him. No. And uh, why did we speak to Reese Clifford from analytics company SAS last Monday? Can you remember? Haven't they come up with a way of getting people back into the stadium? Yeah, you're on fire, apart from 83 hot dogs for Joey Chestnut. Oh. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we live to fight another day. We'll see you How tomorrow. 83 from chestnuts for Joey Hot Dog. That's what I say. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We return tomorrow at one. If you can't listen to us, then the podcast will be available as always at around five. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.